Today on the show, Radical Ones, it's time to take a ride on the Terror Train, the cult classic from 1980. Now, I promised these dorks I was going to come up with something truly special. It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Oh, right. oh. 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 Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Uh-huh. Daddy would have gotten us Uzi. The power is yours. Get down, honey, get down. Yeah. And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, your fire. I'm a My human. Name is Grace Jones. Thunder. 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 Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with the movie geek himself, Rob, for a new episode of the podcast. Happy Friday 13th, Rob. Happy Friday 13th, and this is my first episode in season three. I feel like that we should have, like, different hairstyles or something to indicate a new season and we're like grown up we grew from the last season that's that's how we can tell it's like the hair changes so i'm getting more gray you're getting gray you're saying yeah i i have more gray but yeah everybody always has like a new haircut to signify like time has passed well if they could see me rob you can see me my hair that hasn't been cut in two months that's going crazy i kind of got it down for rob today so he didn't have to see a a mess of a hair (laughs) so what have you been up to mr rob during our i call it the non-break because there was always recordings going on up until you know the new season spoiler yeah well i mean i wrapped up my portion of the summer fantasy pretty early you know and i you know celebrated my birthday at the end of july and then just been to a whole bunch of like theater shows and and musicals and and just you know concerts and things because I go to the Hollywood Bowl every summer and I see a bunch of shows throughout the summer and but yeah uh, just been doing that hanging out um, slowly not very well but slowly learning the violin what uh, yeah you knew this like you're really doing it yeah you knew about this you didn't know about that? I told you about this. You did tell me you were thinking, like, I didn't know you actually started to do it, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, it's so, it, it, it hasn't really gone, I'm, I'm still learning, like, the literal basics, because I'm having a hard time just finding time to practice every day, but I'm borrowing a violin from a friend of a friend, and just sort of using that until I'm like fully committed and I buy my own or something one day. But yeah, so, so far it's good. I I mean, I, even though it's really difficult, I'm having fun 
trying to learn. Wonderful. So yeah. And you know, unfortunately, with the strike that's going on currently, you know, I've put a hold on my page to a point, you know, I've only been reviewing older, older movies. Yes. But with that being said, I haven't really watched that many older titles throughout the summer. So if you've been following me on my page, unfortunately, my goal to review every movie that I watch either old or new has kind of come to a halt. But I'm still out there going to the movies and and things so i mean it's going to be so much work but would you go back and actually start doing the movies that you had seen i i feel that would be a very difficult thing to track and and like go back and like post it the way that i've been doing it i mean i can attempt to but unfortunately i did not keep a tally of everything that i watched so if i did then i could possibly do that but i mean we'll see what my mood is like when all of this is wrapped up and and you know we'll see what happens but i had fun doing it up until you know that point i just wanted to be in solidarity with it because you know i think it's just horrible but that's another episode you went to disney right like was that the kickoff of the spooky season in disneyland yes 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 so i went to oogie boogie bash if anybody's familiar (laughs) with the annual fun time at Disneyland. This is my first time going and the biggest thing about Oogie Boogie Bash is, you know, for the little kids, there are sections in the park where you can literally just sort of go down a line and trick or treat. You like actually get candy and they don't reserve it to a certain age group. Like anybody can of any age can go in this line and get candy. So if you want to get the nostalgia of trick or treating again, feel free to, you know, go to Oogie Boogie Bash, right? So I did that. And then I also did my annual trip during Gay Days weekend. And Disney puts up all of their Halloween stuff. So everything has been altered or changed to fit the season. Overnight, right? Don't they do it like overnight? It's just like the next time the parks open magically, everything is Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure they put in double time to to make it but yeah yeah so i did that and i actually dressed up this time me and two other friends decided to do a gender swapping sanderson sisters so we were the sanderson brothers i played winnie of course quite of course um my costume was decent for you know just buying certain pieces i didn't want it to look authentic and literal to what she wears in the movie i just took the color palette and bought a giant afro wig that's red (laughs) And um, we were the talk of the town, like everybody kept talking about us and we didn't get many pictures with people, but there were some families and some other sisters who wanted pictures with us. But otherwise it was just, oh my God, I love your costume, blah, 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 you know, so yeah, we were pretty popular that day. And Rob went for it because he had sent me some of the pictures and there was one with a little kid. There's three little girls who also dressed up as a sister. So the parents was like, oh, we got to get a picture with them. So yeah, it was fun. Are you holding off to post pictures? Are you going to unveil them? I'm holding off. There is a possibility that I may have to put on the costume again for actual Halloween or like maybe another party. So if I make it look a little bit better, I might post those as opposed to the ones at Disneyland. But I will post something before Halloween. Oh, wow. Halloween's on a Tuesday this year. I'm looking. Oh, that's one of those random nights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 20th Century Fox invites you to join the boys and girls of Sigma Phi for their annual New Year's Eve party. This year is a masquerade on wheels and the person behind you could be your best friend or the last person you see on Earth. Experience the most terrifying ride of your life on the Terror Train, rated R. 
starts October 3rd at a selected theater near you. So today's movie, by the way, I am really excited to get into because Rob put together a few lists of different movies that he was thinking about for this month. He had a great list, but Terror Train was one of the ones that I was like, you know what? I have never seen this movie in its entirety. I saw two clips over the years since, I don't know, when I was born. And that involved David Copperfield. And I knew Jamie Lee was in it, of course, and things like that. But I was so excited to actually watched this for the first time and this gave me the chance this podcast does that if once in a while when we're not doing uh you know the classics yeah so what was it about terror train that initially just you know you like you just threw it out there was there something special about this movie so i was a late bloomer with terror train myself i hadn't seen it until maybe two or three years ago for the first time and obviously it was during COVID. i had opportunity to watch a lot of stuff that i had never seen yes. so when it was on prime at the time it was free. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. And I was blown away by how different it was as far as a slasher genre movie. There are a few things that could create a little bit of plot holes. And, you know, there's a, a, most of the kills are pretty much off camera. But with, with that being said, I feel that sort of the pacing and the way that this is in comparison with other slasher films, especially in the early 80s, this one stood out to me because there was just something unique about the way the movie was portraying sort of how everyone died. Um, and we'll get into it as we review, but I just found it to be a very unique film. So I was like, I would love to watch this again to see if I get the same sort of feeling and then, you know, see if Ryan has never seen it before. I mean, I want to try and keep keep the reviews that we do from you know 90s and early on and this is just one horror movie from the 80s that we haven't done yet this is described as drawing a hazing a fraternity of pre-med students has a sinister prank in store for one of the more timid pledges with the help of a co-ed alana maxwell played by jamie lee curtis they pulled off the prank so well that the pledge <laughs> needs to be instant institutionalized as a result after several years pass the people forget the incident i don't know how those involved with the prank are ready to celebrate their graduation by having a costume party on a train but they haven't escaped their past yet what do you think of that summary <laughs> great it's it's awesome i it's been a while since i've been in school but i had no idea graduation was around the time of new year's eve but maybe it is maybe it is i just remember may ish was always the time people graduated i don't care where you were from but they managed to celebrate all of this during new year's eve which i think is awesome too right yes. we don't have many New Year's Eve horror movies, and this is one of them. So this follows under the holiday horror genre. It's so funny, though, because it fe really feels like this movie just wants to incorporate the holidays, right? So it, it seems like this class, this, this whatever medical school, has to throw up a costume party at every graduation and then the wrap-up of the semester just to in incorporate costumes. But, I mean, we're here for it. So the producer sought Jamie Lee Curtis for the lead role of Alana based on her performance in Halloween, of course, released two years prior 
fire. So there's a sentiment among fans that this was originally actually supposed to be Halloween as well. And then when they got Jamie Lee Curtis, they just slipped in the New Year's to not make it Halloween, Halloween. (laughs) Oh, so you're saying that in Terror Train, the holiday was supposed to be Halloween. It was actually supposed to be a Halloween copy. And when once they got Jamie Lee, they were like, oh, I guess we got to change the holiday, which actually does make more sense of why they're constantly dressing up during these graduations. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Well, that explains a lot with the remake. (laughs) Ooh, which oh my god a remake and a sequel and a sequel yeah i never i haven't seen the sequel yet but i do plan to i wanted to finish that remake and the sequel so badly but definitely have to mention that this is that time period rob where i feel like it's before the 80s became the 80s because it must have been filmed i'm assuming what 79 78 so it has kind of that still old school horror feel to the movie it doesn't have that hi it's bright and happy and we're radical and retro and you know I think it adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that. The chaotic mess of these drunken kids definitely is an 80s thing. And the dialogue and the ADR, the way that their voice sounds when they're... All of that is is screaming early 80s and and late 70s. (laughs) Just to set this off, what do you think about this beginning? It's a flashback. Again, it's the end of their first semester in medical school. And this prank is going to happen, right? Jamie Lee is playing... Of course, the sweet, I don't know if I want to do this prank kind of thing. You know, she's not Lori, but... Mitchie! You look adorable. I feel like an idiot. You can't check it out now. Why am I doing this? Because you're the best baby you got around here, honey. Come on, it'll be fun. Fun. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Look at this place. I know. Who is that? I don't know. Some friend of Doc's. Anyway, you know what to do. Okay? Yeah, but I don't like it. Go get it, Doc. Come on, Kenny. There you go. Go for it. Go on. Mitchie. Go on. Don't be afraid, Kenny. Hey, what are you doing? Mitchie. Now look, you really want it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. We'll be down here if you need us. All right? And they do this to this poor kid, Kenny and Rob. I have to say how this ends with the character spinning into that, (laughs) the bed, the curtains. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I actually kind of laughed at the same time as going, okay, that's, that's interesting. It's a little unheard of for the execution of how he just kind of ended up reacting to what was going on. But, you know, we don't know this character more than what they've told us. And he's just some kid who wants to be a part of a fraternity. And um, unfortunately, the sight of this body, I mean, I don't think he officially kissed the cadaver. So, you know, that probably would have set him off even more. But it, it was just this way of he reacts and then he just starts spinning like he didn't run he didn't like you know jump away from the body he just stood up and started twirling and i because we are at the age that we are like something like that looks a little weird on screen but i mean that it it was slow motion twirling by the way it was slow motion twirling (laughs) 
really quickly, the character Kenny undresses because Lori, oh, Lori, oh my God. Alana, <laughs> Jamie Lee is off camera saying, you know, take your clothes off, kiss me, Kenny, kiss me. And it's really this cadaver, right? Elena? Hello, Kenny. Don't be shy. This is my first time too. Kiss me, Kenny. Kiss me. Those yellow, I want to say they're yellow panties he's wearing. <laughs> I don't, yeah, sure. Am I reading too much into that for the reveal later? Or is that actually just men's panties that were at the time? I, well, I mean, <laughs> men wear briefs too, and they may look a bit satiny or silky. They, did, I, they look satiny, didn't they? <laughs> I don't think I read into that as much. It's just what he was wearing. <laughs> but I was like, that that's a choice that there are a choice that they're Kenny. yellow but um yeah i i found this prank to be horrible I'm, i mean i've seen you know other movies and even of video games who have done this where you know a bunch of kids want to you know prey on the innocent who's looking for love in all the wrong places and and just gets deceived based on the fact that he's not one of the cool kids and it sucks it really sucks this was not a fun prank no it's horrifying yeah given that they're medical students just their access to all these dead bodies and stuff is just wild everybody was, the other problem. was real and it just like yeah it was pretty messed up because um, at first when he does the hand thing the 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 bully of this movie he like he has a cadaver hand and then he tricks like that and then when they got the body i said the same thing rob i'm like how much access do these students have to these cadavers that they're taking cadavers everywhere mm -hmm. yeah pretty much So what did you think of Terror Train? Honestly, I could see why people wouldn't like it as much as a Halloween, but I absolutely enjoyed myself, Rob. From the beginning to the end, I really am so glad that I finally got to watch this film. I really, really enjoyed it. And I think if people just look at it for what it is, the fun, and, you know, I mean, there's a little few red herrings, the mystery of what's happening. I think it's really enjoyable, even how many years later my god that's awesome how is it holding up for you though knowing the ending of this and to be fair i don't know i mean i'll ask you this question later but to just because i was able to really figure it out even before the reveal happened oh you the, were yes like, originally do you remember like you were you figured oh, it out yes, too 100 okay. we'll talk about it but you know knowing what i know now and you know like what happens or whatever i was watching with a critical eye this isn't a movie that i'm going to turn to for heavy entertainment and nostalgic you know i watched it for the podcast and with a critical eye this time and and it was still enjoyable to watch if i were to ever show this movie with someone i would gladly watch it but am i alone going to be like oh i want to watch terror train tonight like that's not gonna happen like i might <laughs> i might do it on new year's eve or something like that but no. this movie isn't boring I like it. I would no. not have recommended it if I didn't think that you would somewhat grab something from it to at least talk about, whether you liked it or not. And so um, I don't think this movie is a, a waste of time. I think it deserves a watch at least once and then go from there.
Okay, so graduation is happening. They're doing this big celebration on a train. And this is actually filmed in Canada. So I, I'm assuming these are this is supposed to be Canada and Canadian people. Because it's snowing a lot. It's freezing. That comes into play. We find out that these people, particularly the, the one, the bully character, is still doing pranks down to that finger in the box thing. And I'm just like, okay, so in four years, nothing was learned. And this is that. <laughs> character okay i can't wait to see him die actually that was my first thing i'm like okay it's gonna be satisfying unless spoiler he turned out to be a killer which he didn't but i have to say i was taken right away by the conductor character rob yeah and they made him a very big part of the um of the film just from his point of view and i i think his character and what he was trying to do throughout the the movie fits into the theme of you know, just like magic and illusion, right? So what I got from this is that the killer basically used sort of tactics and ways of making you believe something that wasn't there, the illusion of it all, right? And just by making people believe certain things were happening, let your guard down, and this is how everyone fell prey to the killer. The killer really did not have to do much chasing. You know, there was no cat and mouse going on, right? Which is another unique thing from these other slasher films is that you usually have like a chase scene and everybody's running and whatnot and we got a bit of that at the end but throughout this whole movie especially with it taking place on a train how can you do like a run and hide and all this stuff with everyone around you and so he had the ability of making people believe things that weren't there and that is due to the many costume changes he was doing 11 by the way it says he played 11 different characters this actor and i think that the conductor fits into that as well because of his wanting of hiding the body not alarming anyone and making sure everybody doesn't go into a panic right like he gets all of his you know colleagues to make sure nobody enters the bathroom when they're not supposed to and he's only telling certain people all of these people play a heavy part in making you see something or making you believe something that's not really there or true and there's more of it too but yeah i i like the conductor's involvement with the whole story and he wasn't that typical i'm an old grungy grumpy you know gentleman who hates children this guy was playing with teens he kept trying to do magic tricks with them Uh, just a minute there yeah a little trick i'd like to show you great okay now think on a card oh no don't tell me you got got to concentrate on the deck (laughs) Okay. Because it's the power of the thought that makes it rise to the top. I'll show you how to do that. Five. Four. Three. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> now, what, what was your card? Jack of hearts. Not only has it risen to the top of the deck, but now it has become the Jack of Spades. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, sir. <laughs> Just a gag. Got a clever one. So I did appreciate that character, which, Rob, leads me to this, since we're talking about this. This actor is named Ben Johnson. So back in 2010, the actor who played Kenny, Derek 
McKeenan was doing an interview on this blog called Stone Cold Crazy. Shout out to her if that's still the thing, 2010. And a few things which we'll talk about, but one of the things was he was supposed to be, are you ready for this? He was supposed to be the boyfriend of the conductor, and that was going to be the twist, including kissing him. And that was how he was originally going to get on the train, because the conductor was involved. They shot the scene. He says, they were trying to make a twist, that's how I got on the train. But it was the 80s, and I'm just, now I'm just really, I'm just condensing what he's saying. Basically, it was the 80s, and the AIDS crisis had just come out, and he didn't really want to do this. And this was his first and only movie. So the actor Ben Johnson called him into the dressing room, gave him alcohol, and he kept saying, what's your problem? Why don't you want to do this? You know, it's just a movie. Anyways, we shot the scene, he says, and you know, I was good about it. It, but it helped that he was drunk. So they filmed this, but it was cut all together. What would you have thought about that twist? The double <laughs> twist of it turns out to be the magician's assistant, but now he's yeah. also the boyfriend of the conductor. <laughs> I that that would have definitely been challenging and risky uh, for the 80s for sure. It kind of puts it just a sm- I mean anybody is capable of being evil, right? Like I'm not just taking away from but you know the fact that he's, you know, like queer and also a transvestite and all of that to put them in an evil light on top of the AIDS crisis would not have been cool. So, I mean, especially if you want representation, you know, please let us play good characters for a little while. Um, But that would have been very interesting. And there's something that I definitely want to say, but I don't want to, you know, spoil it for you. So I will just keep my mouth shut about that. But I'm not surprised that that was an idea. He says that he stayed in character to shoot the magician's assistance scenes all at once. And they treated that as a separate character. And he filmed like that for two months so he would literally be a separate character and your mind is not supposed to put two and two together and he would study each person that he took over with the mask that he killed this actor evidently studied each person's movements and and things like that honestly forgive me i mean he could be walking down the street i wouldn't i wouldn't know a thing sorry to this man derek McKeenan, I didn't notice that. I cannot. I'm so shocked you didn't notice that. So for one, Derek uh, Kenny has a very distinctive look on his face, right? Like he definitely stands out from the rest. And I'm sorry, the minute that we got a close-up image of this assistant, I was like, this is clearly... Derek. This is clearly Kenny. Like the face, like she just did not look like a woman. I'm sorry. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but I didn't think it was Kenny, but I actually kept saying, is this a woman? This is real. Is this a woman? I I think the illusion would have been better if we had not seen a close-up of her or even dialogue. Because honestly, anytime that they would even let the assistant speak, it didn't really play into the story at all. But I think because we got exposure to the assistant, it was supposed to take her out of the suspect thing, right? Oh, yeah, because we're supposed to think that at one point that she might have been killed, right? But then she walks out and just like, oh... I but I was like this is clearly I was like I'm just gonna let this run and here's the thing it's like because I had that in my mind what I look for then is how the director wants to execute these scenes and continuing this illusion right so I think if they actually try and make it as believable as possible I will definitely give them credit but I'm sorry you could 
not hide this from me. It was clear. I was just waiting for them to reveal it. And, you know. Even with those fake teeth, Rob. Yeah. He had fake yeah. teeth and everything. <laughs> I mean, the actors definitely did their best. I mean, Jamie Lee Bam- blaming the magician because Kenny was into magic. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're not going to make me believe that David Copperfield is Kenny. Those two did not look anywhere similar to each other. <sighs> That was perfect segue. So David Copperfield, by the way, was 24 years old during this movie. And he is wearing the most amount of stage makeup I've ever seen on a on a magician before. Because this man was he looked like he they really covered his face up for this film. But say what you will. I found I will say the very first time I watched this, I was so mesmerized. I think he is so handsome. Would you have taken the rose from him? Yes, definitely. I would <laughs> I was very mesmerized by him. I knew nothing about Copperfield except for the name and just watching him act as well as pull off that heavy level of confidence that he had with his magic trick. I just found him to be very charismatic. In my opinion, I say what you will about the man. I I was smitten. I was totally smitten by this dude. So I really enjoyed his character. Could you um, take this lighter here and uh, light it up? It'll give you cancer. It's her effect. It's her Okay. You may have relatives in the old country. <laughs> this is the best part of all. If we take the cigarette and start to remove it, the quarter will seem to um, seal itself up. Oh, oh, it's great. It's great. Thank you. Have you ever seen a quarter that um, allows a cigarette to go through it? No. Well, there's no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what about my peanuts? I've got that taken care of. Come over here. He actually looked so much better, I feel like, as he got older. David Copperfield in the 90s. Google that, everybody, Radical Ones. Google yeah. David Copperfield. <laughs> That's when he, I thought he looked really good. By the way, at age 19, David Copperfield created a headline for several months, his first show, The Magic of David Copperfield in Hawaii. So he started at the age of 19, and this was, I guess he was really the big draw of this movie because... Like you're saying, they're really going for this magic angle. Yeah, if I read this correctly, I don't believe there was supposed to be a magician in the movie. And it's also great to see that these medical students who are so big on science and biology would even fathom enjoying magic. You know, they would just be so tuned out from the world of fantasy because they have to deal with the real all the time that they would enjoy something like this, but it worked. And yes, it does feed into the theme, you know, like the whole movie is all about illusions. And so having that right in front of you i think is masterful yeah i liked his character where is everybody watching a magician well, where the hell are jackson and ed i don't know okay wait a minute we didn't hire a magician well maybe somebody else had a good idea for change hmm? i want to see what he does jamie lee's character is really i feel like they do this with all these characters when you're the lead every male person wants you and finds you desirable down to the magician everyone's after her everyone thinks she's gorgeous and you know i love her but honestly this was not her at her height no you're horrible forgive me forgive me but this was not at her, and i'm just like really really you know i don't know what this says about me in my opinion but i mean if we're gonna go there i found her to be the most appealing compared to her co-star. oh visually Yes. So, I mean, that's just me, I guess. I don't know. 
but I will say they made her a very likable character, you know, remorseful for the prank, a great girlfriend to her friends because she was just like, you know, you're my best friend. Like, I liked all that, like a very nice character. But man, I would have said Vanity was, oh, Vanity! Vanity to me was the most beautiful actually on that. Vanity, everybody. I know, we love us some Vanity. I'm, I'm glad she was in this. And I did notice her the first time too that you know that was like oh i know you she's mostly famous for her role in the last dragon which one day i'm sure we'll do here oh please yes but yeah she's she's great i'm glad she was in this do you feel like they kind of added her in midway i kind of got the feeling like they made her a bigger character in the last half i'm glad because i love vanity but hi listen why don't you come on back now it's mellow doton well this place gives me the creeps they kind of let her survive and then all of a sudden she was just like friends with Alana and like oh yeah there you go for anyone who thinks El Kuje is the first black man to survive a horror movie here's another example right here okay so you're right yeah you know Jackson had to have a black girlfriend so there you have it you know we didn't do the swirl back in the 80s, okay? We kept it straight segregated. You date you and you will date us. And that's how it worked. I'm sure Vanity was still trying to like, you know, just build up her her resume yes. and, you know, just do the roles that that came up in the moment and she just happened to be chosen. I I just was like, yeah, cool. She's in this movie. It's it's another familiar face, right? Yeah, and she stands out because she's, you know, she's a gorgeous woman, so she definitely stands out. What are your thoughts about, um, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, but what are your thoughts about off-camera kills? Like, do you feel it just takes the thrill out of these horror movies? And did you find that distracting or disappointing as we, as you went on in this movie? You know, I was actually okay with the off-screen kills. And I know, actually, from reviewing, you know, reviews after the watching it, that people kind of diss that. That's the part they don't like. I wasn't taken away with it because it, it seemed like that kind of a movie it wasn't gonna be you know splattering texas chainsaw massacre style but as i'm getting older rob oh my god hostile i could never handle anymore like rewatching that so or something like that so i'm okay with these off-screen kills okay and and it's funny that you mentioned about sort of the reception of this because maybe it just kind of comes down to how the kills are executed as far as choreography because Mm -hmm. you look at uh, the original Friday 13th all of those kills were off camera except you know for the last Ooh. and you know I think the music and its tension and maybe the terror of the chase made it better but with this we don't get any chases and then when they kill like the kills are off screen so it was to help keep the identity of the killer of course but yes exactly and it also could be budget too I don't mind it. I mean, I would prefer it, but that's only from a horror fan technical perspective of how they manage to pull off each kill looking real. That That is my only curiosity, right? Like, I don't need blood oh, and guts yeah. and gore every time, but I'm always curious, like, ooh, how are they gonna, you know, make that look cool? You know, just 
from, you know, uh, Mitchie being slashed or, you know, the bottle in the, you know, Jackson's mouth or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm always going to be curious how that would have been done. With this movie, I didn't think the killing was sort of the big thing about it. It was exactly whole, like, exactly. can we pull the audience to look one way while we do something else? A real big example of that. What did you think about the off kill of Mo? Now, I tried to watch this like three times again, and I was trying to see if they actually filmed it happening. Happening, but I don't think it was. I think we are just supposed to believe what they tell us. And that during the magic show, somehow Kenny went up to Mo and stabbed him in the chest within that whole entire crowd. Literally right next to Doc. That is actually in the interview as well. And okay. I wish I would have taken that part, Rob, because that's perfect. But from what I remember reading, he's like, yes, I most definitely did. If you see in this part that I bend over and it's under what? my cloak and I did it in in front of everybody because oh, so he was in a cloak or something okay. which i don't i wish i would have known i and now that you're saying it i'm like how did i not see kenny's face in that <laughs> woman <laughs> at the end of my last show i uh dematerialized my assistant well for my next show i'm gonna need to have her back so watch yeah that was a mystery but evidently it was right on camera <laughs> it was right on camera <laughs> but that's the thing no screaming no moans no oh like that people would have been like oh that's unbelievable to me yeah i mean with the loud train i will say because i take the train every day it is pretty loud i mean unless you have somebody like right outside the door or in the same exact car i doubt that you would be able to hear anyone but i see what you're saying though the fact that you know can you manage to pull all of this off with so many people in one train is amazing it's it's so cool how did he pull off the mirror thing now this is when the character in the lizard costume i wish i remembered the name but it was jackson. a big thing jackson thank you the conductor you know finds this body and like you said at one point he has one of the fellow train workers guard the bathroom because he thinks there's a dead body in there so i don't remember but i feel like the mirror was even fixed because kenny threw jackson into the mirror in the costume you know and there was blood everywhere and the mirror broke rob am i missing something was the mirror fixed when he went into that bathroom i wish i could tell you i i'm trying to remember if there were two mirrors in there and they only showed us one part of it Ooh. or maybe they were too distracted to notice that it was broken okay i i don't know i mean i'm i'm giving this movie as grace <laughs> as much as i can right <laughs> because yeah i the cleaning up of it all of the blood and whatever that makes sense but yes there is a clear broken mirror that happened yes. and if it's just magically fixed how the hell did that happen right and and i get it <laughs> well never know <laughs> what happened to that blood and how the hell did he bust that mirror with a hammer the conductor I found to be very surprising that anytime he saw a dead body, it did not phase him. He wasn't startled or scared or he was just like, oh, my God, that's all he did. Just, what? <laughs> and then he was just so calm. You're right. He was and I'm like, he must have done some shit in the war because I'm just like, he is so chill with the dead bodies just popping up everywhere. Mitchie, Mitchie, let's sit down. Now just wait a minute. Something happened to her? She didn't fall off the train, did she? No, ma'am. Now listen to me, honey. She's dead. I don't believe you. I don't believe you! 
I mean, I mean, he's perfect for the job. You got to keep your cool, right? You got to keep right. everybody calm. But that's not normal. This man was so chill about seeing bodies everywhere, especially with a killer running around. He was just super chill about it. Who did that to him? Probably some kid messed up on dope, alcohol. I know these people. They wouldn't do that. No, of course not. Probably some nut just climbed on the train. I saw her half an hour ago with a fella. Falling down. Drunk. Sweet Jesus. Which actually would have played in their plot if they would have done the whole he was the secret boyfriend of, you know, Kenny. That yeah. made more that would make more sense. But you're right. The calmest gentleman. And a matter of fact, I enjoyed that they were smart enough to take these kids at one point off the damn train where the murderer was happening. Like that yeah. to me was so smart. Take yeah. your masks off. But of course, because it's freezing, they have to go back on this train. But that does happen at one point. What did you think of our um, list of victims? Like, do you believe that this prank was warranted for this type of revenge? Do you feel that all parties involved, which didn't really do anything, all they did was no. just keep the secret and kind of laugh at him, right? Do you feel that the punishment fits the crime? And did everyone sort of deserve it? I guess in the spectrum of our horror world, right? Like, it's easy for us to be like, oh, I can't wait till he dies. Like, we shouldn't be wishing people death. You know, that's wrong. <laughs> like, Ryan, what kind of man are you? He just wants this <laughs> man to die just because he's pulling pranks in his young age. You know, you're very imaginative, Buster. Oh, I have my moments. I know. Hey, Mitch, I may have to marry him after all. Marry me. It's my idea. Aw, oh, Doc. I cannot tell a lie. I'm sorry, buddy. It got stuck in my throat. I thought you said it was your idea. Look, I know I suggested letting her think otherwise. Well, that's real generous of you. Well, thank you. So you're the one who's paying for all this. Oh, no. Those the one with the bread. I've got all the ideas. For instance, guess what I put in the stuff I gave those dorks? You asshole. You can't have a good time without hurting somebody, can you? Is that why you told me it was your idea? Because I said I'd never go to another one of his parties. Elena, they're always walking out of my parties. But this time, you can't. I think it was when he didn't learn from the prank, and I was just like, you're scum. And then we saw how he was with his friends, which is horrible. But but we, go, but we go into, you know, a horror movie, and we get in the mindset, people have to die, so we want to point out every single evil, bad person, no matter how low the offense, and we wish them death. And so, do you feel that this warranted this much revenge? You know, honestly, had they not mentioned that throw-in line that Alana went to see him afterwards, and it turns out he might have killed somebody. Like, that to me might was solely thrown in there just to explain things. Doc, what do we have in common? You and me and Mitchie and the guys? Doc, we heard it. What are you talking about? Kenny Hampson. You're stunned with the corpse? Oh, nobody do that for a goddamn prank. It wasn't just a prank. Doc, he was sick. I went to the hospital just afterwards. They wouldn't let me see him. They said he killed somebody before. And they said it might have been an accident, but he killed somebody. And we're next, aren't we? Come on. No. 
had they not done that, that he had something mentally already off with him, I could totally see this. But I don't know if I would take it out on everyone else, like the extras, like you're saying. Maybe Alana, I guess, because she was the one, and then the bully guy. But no, I I didn't feel it was really too warranted for everybody else. But that always happens in these movies. I'm like, why are you going after the best friend? They didn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I think it's just, you know, not doing the right thing. And, and just thinking that you're invisible. I mean, I, I can't speak for them because I am not a medical student or a doctor, but there oh, is yeah. this trope in films that they believe that they are above the law of, you know, and, you know, they 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 want to play God. You know, they have lives in their in their hands and it just gives them a very big God complex that they yes. can do anything they want without punishment. And this is just sort of a wake up call for most of them, no matter how many years have gone by. I wanted to talk about Doc for a second because, you know, obviously he was just a rotten human being. He just seemed to be causing, you know, chaos and drama throughout the entire movie. But obviously he's this alpha male that just wants to be dominant over a lot of things. I was going to say, did you get homoerotic eroticism at some points with him? Are are these characters uh, auto- erotica so yeah that's what i wanted to talk to you about you know like i i get why you sense that he possibly could be you know gay but just remember there are such things as male friendships and um you know the bros and the homies and and that whole male bonding thing and so this is what's really interesting about doc and again fitting in with the theme you know you want people to see what you want them to see and and, you know Mm -hmm. not show what's really going on and This man is a very vulnerable and scared human being, right? Like the moment he knew that he felt targeted, the man panicked. He showed way more of his true colors by like leaving Alana locked out of the room. Like he only cared for himself, which isn't too far from his personality that he showed. But once Mo got hurt, that man broke down so much because he he really values this man's um, companionship, right? And his friendship. She's still mad? Yeah, she's still mad. She'll get over it. You know, Doc, I'm not so sure this time. Well, if she dumps you, you've always got me, you know. (laughs) I mean it. And I think this is why he is such a dick to Alana. Any chance that he got in this movie, he tried to get Mo in a compromising situation. Yes, Or yes. drive Mo into a state of choose me over her. He did not want to lose his friend. And so he wanted him to get busted with the girl because the moment they break up, Mo will be Doc's and he will have him to himself. And this is just a matter of I don't want to lose my friend. And so that me, I go right to I go right to (laughs) So so what you were sensing is I mean, you can we can play it however we want, but I'm just saying to me, it just to me it's just he did not want to lose his friend. He just wanted him to himself. 
And it was just, again, he hides that whole vulnerability thing too close and he didn't want to let it out. And then the moment like Mo died, that's when you saw like, oh, um, he's really like somebody with a, a little bit of a heart or whatever. And Doc is a beautiful man. It's Hart Bachner. Jesus Christ. Like he was yummy. Very handsome. Movie. He's very, very handsome guy. But yeah, he was a total dick. You know, obviously he's somebody that definitely deserved what he got. But yeah, I, I actually found the character of Doc to be interesting. So, and just that breakdown of him, of how scared and just he was, was a complete turn from what we got from the rest of the movie, right? So I just found that to be cool. Yeah, that one scene, he grabs Alana, they go into the room, He, you think he breaks off the handles, but somehow magically she's able to get out one of these doors doors Mm -hmm. i was shocked at that even first that he even decided to grab her but then like rob said she tries to get back in the room because she thinks the killer is coming and he won't let her in so yeah he fails again i'm getting (laughs) almost the dude from the a friday the 13th remake that we reviewed that yeah Yeah, dude that was Mm -hmm. so whatever in control of everybody yeah yeah what did you think about the special effects i mean given we got off camera kills but bodies and (laughs) yeah what did you think about the effects the the you know doc's head and everything and honestly the heads and the hands and the fake body parts like that of like the cadaver in the beginning i thought that actually looked pretty real well yeah for as much as you can like i thought that looked pretty decent yeah ed under the train that was pretty oh my god yeah, the, the poor guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with it because it, it was filmed well enough, I think, that it the effects look decent. And how about the terror? Did you happen to get scared at all? Were you on the edge of your seat a little bit? Was there times where you jumped? I never jumped, but let me tell you, the ending, I actually wrote this ending where she locks herself into that train office that's... Mm-hmm. That cage thing? It's like a cage. Yeah, yeah, it looks like Giles's cage in Buffy in the library. Mm-hmm. That just is off in the back. It's an office. But that scene, I thought, was very suspenseful. Okay. Yeah. I mean, out of the whole movie. I would say that is the most suspense. And I wrote, dare I say, that she does a better fight with this killer than she did in the first Halloween. Oh, yeah. They definitely gave her more to do, for sure. Her ear got ripped off like the seer and charmed. Oh, my God. That was gross. I forgot oh, about that. Right yeah. off. He pulled her earring off and her part of her ear came off radical ones. That was, oh my God. And at one point, was this like a homage? She grabs a freaking hanger. I saw that. I did see that. <laughs> I was hoping she'd hold on to it, but I did notice that as well. I was like, <laughs> oh no, they're not doing this again, are they? And then no, they didn't. But <laughs> I, this the scene where she feels very safe and sort of calm, she's laying down and then you see Kenny coming from the top of the oh, train. Man. into the window i thought that was the scariest part um i thought that was well well lit and it was well shot i i really enjoyed that and just have silence of just sort of creeping in the window and then managing to make like actually good that was really good i really like after vanity leaves oh everything's fine we're gonna we're gonna stop soon we're gonna be free (laughs) did you happen to believe sort of the illusion that the movie was giving you did you believe the magician did it and you know all of that I actually, when they did the cliche of the yearbook and he was into 
into Magic. that. I was like, wow, could it be that he got handsome? They did that like cliche that, oh, oh yeah. now he's gorgeous because he grew up in four years. But yeah, I'm a loser. I I, <laughs> I bought into that. Because not he had a loser. No, the way David was, you know, talking and interacting, I'm like, I could see that. I could see them setting that up like he's going after her, trying to, you know, flirt with her just to kiss me kiss mm-hmm. like like they did later on with the actual killer but i got fooled by it rob on the other hand can spot kenny a mile away a mile away <laughs> <laughs> were you okay with kenny's breakdown you know um even though he had a plot and an idea and a plan in his mind it was thwarted by his mental capabilities and he sort of spiraled again but he spun again literally he spun again Watch Were you okay with sort of the resolution of the movie? The kiss part, kind of, I was like, did we really need this when she's like... Well, him asking for it is just a reminder of how, like, horrible you are. Regardless of your moral, you know, compass, like, you were a part of this prank, and this is your part in it. Like, you were, without you, it wouldn't have worked, right? True. And so it was just more rubbing in her face, like, this is what you did to me. But she went for it. I mean, there was apprehension, of course, but she was just kind of like, okay. Like, I would have been so grossed out to the point, like, I would have really played that up, like, you just killed all these people. Well, the feminine wiles can really bring down any killer sometimes. You know, who knows what it would have done. But, you know, she was in a compromised position. She really didn't feel she had a choice. But he spirals because it reminds him of what happened. And, you know, that's how he's taken out and flashback. Kenny, I'm sorry. I never told you. I'm so sorry. You haven't changed. I saw your picture in the yearbook. I never knew you liked magic. I watched you tonight. You liked him. No. Kenny, you're better than he is. I'm sure you're better than he is. I am. He didn't know how to cut a woman into pieces. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Kiss me, Elena. Kiss me, Kenny. Kiss me. Kiss me. Kiss me. Yeah, that was that was a heavy scene, just the way he hit the snow at, at the bottom. And yeah, that was pretty heavy. But our conductor comes in with a shovel and smacks him right off the train. I'm like, OK, but did you very, think- very home alone, very home alone? <laughs> like, Damn, yeah, he, burglars he, out. Did you think he was going to survive that for some re- for some reason? I was like, come on, he's going to survive this. Well, the way he hit the snow, I was like, no, he's gone. He's gone. Thankfully, thankfully. But then there would have been that twist of, I'm the boyfriend now, which... Mm. Well, the other thing is, is that a movie like this, I don't feel has a lot of story to tell. Look, you you made it very apparent that you do sort of these horrible things to people. It could bite you in the ass no matter what age you're at. And I think the point got across, even though he lost his life doing it. I mean, what was he going to do? Like, go get a job afterwards? Like, no, never. No, I, exactly. Not to say that this was a suicide mission, but there was really nowhere else for him to go. His no. main concern was to get back at the people that drove him crazy. And I I think that the message was, was received. <laughs> he was successful up until the point, right? He got it all but one. So I have this question for you. We have this film along, you know, 
with others are that we have this like redeemable hero or heroine, right? Yes. Alana plays a woman who obviously was a part of the initial prank, but her character is spared because she's the lead, but also because she out of everyone, regardless of her involvement, thinks it was wrong to do. Thankfully. Now, well, the film does its best to make characters like like that, you know, like collateral damage. They're innocent bystanders or guilt by association, right? I didn't really want to be a part of it, but this, you know, like I'm friends with all of you, so I have to die along exactly. with you. Like if they had touched the prez, I would have been so fucking pissed because he, he didn't do anything. He just was a part of the frat. He was the nicest gentleman. Like, thank God they did not touch him. You me- It's so funny you mentioned that because the whole entire time I'm like, this actually goes against their whole, we just don't like you because you're geeky and, you know, the quote unquote, not attractive kind of thing. Because they had that character that was like everyone's friend, the one that everyone loves or whatever. And like, he's the, I mean, dare I say, he's not the most attractive, but he was a nice man. He shot a shot. He got a bit more confident <laughs> given that he was, you know, like a pledge before, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in his own. I mean, it's three years later. Obviously, he feels like he's part of the frat now, and he feels comfortable in his own skin. He hit on Alana, who has a clear boyfriend. He didn't care. He was like, he did not care. But really enjoyed his character. Yeah, I actually did. So we've got all of these people who die by association, right? It's usually the the wimpier of characters. They're screaming all the time. They're just like, yes. how dare you? Yes. You can find them almost in every movie. So in the world of horror, right, should these characters be spared? Or is there is because their new sense of morality, is it enough to forgive them and not meet the same fate that everybody else did? Case in point, should Jamie Lee deserve to die just like everybody else did? It's funny because she really has the most involvement, I would say, because she's yeah. in the actual act of for you know, kiss me, kiss me. But yes, only because of two reasons, Rob. Though added in scene that she felt so bad that she went to visit him afterwards in the mental hospital. I mean we knew she didn't like it but she really felt bad that she went out to seek to apologize to him and then two that she wouldn't when she found out the boyfriend didn't like throw this the boyfriend said that he organized this thing not doc because she said she would never go to another party Mm -hmm. so to me yes she literally learned from her lessons i thought okay to enough that you're like she really was sorry as opposed to doc who was just like oh look i'll do it again here's a finger in a box yeah we'll just think about like even carrie with Snell you know like she was you know she was friends with these girls she knows how evil they are you know she may not have executed it but she was a part of it and then all of a sudden it's like yeah I'm not friends with them anymore they're evil like do they like there there's definitely second chances and you can redeem yourself you are not the same person as you was before but in the world of horror like you know should these people be spared you know should Snell have met the same fate like everybody else did I mean she was mm. nice to Carrie but you know yeah. it's like I mean is is that enough sometimes and you know like uh, people can change and I guess Jamie shared that she had changed enough and she apparently didn't know about the dead body but I mean a prank's a prank and if it causes somebody to go into the hospital like you didn't confess you stayed friends with them well, that's you true. still that's dated true. the man and that's the thing he said he was like i watched you all night like you still liked him and like sorry yes. this, well that's the other thing too it's just like you know how the geeky boy likes like the popular girl who's dating a total asshole i will 100 never come off the box i will easily be like girl you are just as compliant as you are dating the asshole you are just as oh, bad yes you're condoning totally. the behavior 
behavior and just allowing this man to boys will be boys type of bullshit. Like, never. girl, you are, look, you may never do that, but you're dating somebody who does and you don't put him in his place. You're just as guilty. So I, mm. I'm not as sold on Jamie living, not necessarily living. I don't think she should have died, but I think if she walks out of here being like, why did you tag me? I didn't do anything. Like I'm the one who said, sorry, you know, sorry, sorry. You're a part of it. That's dead. just yeah. <laughs> dead. But we get these type of characters all the time. And I always wonder, you know, there's always these circumstances to keep, you know, our heroine alive or just our lead from meeting death. And they don't deserve yes. it and stuff. And they have to be like complete assholes in order to like die. And sometimes, you know, like it's too late. <laughs> it's too late to apologize. That's what Rob yeah. says. Yes. But to that fact, too, I think a lot of it is at this point with a horror movie, they know that they need to keep the kill count high. I feel like mm-hmm. the the more generations go on, the more kills that we have to be forced to add in just to, oh, we got more exciting, more flashy, more killy, but you know, we have to keep upping our game. That now, it's just like, yeah, everyone has to die just because the killer is going to kill our case and, well, actually, no. I was thinking of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when they were on the bus and he just killed everybody. Mm-hmm. But they kind of were like idiots, those people, social media. Well, yeah, I mean, that was more of a meta sort of uh <laughs> that was sort of a meta like point of view of the director or writer just being like you social media people just are horrible <laughs> it's all about the phones and so we're yeah, canceling that, you that was a personal vendetta towards something that had nothing to do with the movie so <laughs> that's a different situation you know what i don't i honestly don't like when innocent characters that have nothing to do with anything get killed in movies but i get it it's like the frankenstein accidentally drowning the little girl with the flower like mm-hmm. that yeah. was a mistake you know blah 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 but yeah i i'm glad she lived just because it's just like all right you went through all that <laughs> you went through all that and you survived you might as well yeah uh her scream was very halloween the same like she, oh I, yeah it was so good it was so good She's definitely a screen queen. Do you think at this that's the point? Because she did prom night too around this time that she's kind of like, oh shit, this is my career. Like so she's not far, picturing yeah. true lies, I'm sure, at this point in her career. Like she's just like, oh, I'm going to be screaming for the rest of my life in these movies. <laughs> so I better do amazing. I think she was a very, you know, strong and smart businesswoman to be able to not let it, you know, define her. She did what she had to do. Beautiful. Got her name out, and then when the time came and the opportunity, she got out of there and did, you know, some other stuff. So, good for her. And still embraces it, which is great, because where you come from. Exactly. Really quickly, I didn't get to finish this, but there was a remake. Rob actually saw this a while ago. Well, he mentioned mm-hmm. during the, the COVID time, right? Like our COVID shutdown. It was released Terror Train 2022, October 21st. It was a 2B exclusive and followed, wow, literally December of the same year, Terror Train 2. I had no idea. These were shot back to back, which oh, totally okay. makes sense. Yeah. They evidently reuse some of the cast from the original one. And I kept saying, yeah. what was the thing that would get these people on this freaking train again? Well, you read the synopsis, right? Yeah, it seems like they made like a 
it's like a thing now. They're making like a like terror train. And- they wanted to erase sort of the, you know, the mayhem that they endured in the first one. It was just sort of a way of like conquering a fear or just nope. erasing this memory <laughs> of this is what this train is known for. Let's create a new memory um, and and do it right how it was meant to be. So I, I think that's why they decided to do it again. But would you, Rob? Don't think so. I mean, it really just depends how close I am with those people. I don't I don't need sort of the same environment to try and create a new memory. It's still going to haunt me on what happened. The same trade, the literal same trade, the same rooms, the same bathroom. <laughs> it just it just depends on how much of an involvement I was with what happened before you know was he chasing me around or did i just see dead bodies everywhere like it it depends it's true and actually yeah i could see that it's like the level of your your trauma (laughs) how terrorized were you but yeah they were just recreating what happened before it was like a take two that's all it was let's try this again and and do it right this time that's all it was from what i got to see of this remake it looked like they pulled the good old psycho but instead of doing like a shot for shot remake I actually appreciate what I saw because it looks like down to costumes, down to even the characters' names were kept the same. And I like my remakes like that, Rob. Like, I don't want you to, I mean, I don't want maybe the complete same story completely the same time. But I do like when you could do like costumes, homages, or Mm -hmm. uh, the characters, the same name. Or this opens in a bonfire outside of a university, just like the original one. Like those moments I I like, but it seems literally basic the same story up until a point where they add certain you know modernizing the the situation i will say the resolution is different i actually i saw i looked it up to see what what ended up happening oh you did how dare you oh you were supposed to watch it that's why i didn't want to say anything earlier because your theory about the whole boyfriend thing like technically it happened in this movie but in a different way oh maybe i didn't then yeah Well, maybe I didn't then, but... Well, what did you read? Well, first off, Kenny, they're not doing the same Kenny thing because the person that's supposed to be geeky could have been the teenage star in another movie of a Disney movie would have been like, you know, the good looking guy. So that to begin with, I didn't believe. But it turns out what he wasn't. It was like the mother. Yeah, yeah. It was the parent. So it was Pamela Voorhees. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Okay. and, And I think she worked on the train, too. So it sort of ties into their original idea. And I actually love that. I thought that was great because we did expect sort of a carbon copy and for it to be Kenny and they decided to kind of give it a different thing. And if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. They either ended up at the hospital with Kenny at the end or Kenny ended up being on the train somewhere, just kind of like in a room on it on his own. And then like, I guess the mom tried to force like, look what you did to my kid. I can't remember. I'd have to watch it again. But yeah, yeah, I actually like that sort of change because because it, it it says that the director tried to do something. Yeah, something. Yeah, something. Yeah. We tried something new, by the way, also on Instagram lately. And we're going to try to incorporate this in future weeks. We really, of course, want to hear from the radical ones. We want to, you know, hear your opinion. So Rob came up with this idea, which I think is great. The week of the movie that's going to come out, maybe we put a story or a post on Instagram to hear what you're thinking out there. So for Terror Train, we didn't get a, a lot of replies. But 
you know what? It's our first time. Uh, matter of fact, who we heard from, one of them just happens to be Ansel Farage, who we just had on the show a few weeks ago, who's a filmmaker himself. His opinion, though, says, eh, dot, dot, dot. It's not good. Annoying characters. I will give Doc was annoying, but I actually enjoyed it. The annoying characters are what they are. They play their parts well. Um, it didn't take me out of the movie. As far as rooting for somebody to live, I didn't really watch it for that reason. So annoying characters is not going to take me out of it. That That's just me. Yeah. This is a great one, by the way. Mischievous, twisted, claustrophobic, deceptive, devious, all the good thing. <laughs> that is beautifully said. I agree. I agree, actually. It is twisted. It is claustrophobic. The train is so damn small i don't know how they filmed anything in that actually film crew had their work cut out for them trying to get those angles right in in a train like that i mean and it also is really cool that they didn't use a sound set and make it look like a train just so they'd have the room you know they easily could have just like taken half of the train off and done it like window but i mean they went on an actual train and did it and i i applaud them for that a matter of fact during the magic show especially you can just see how small and narrow this train is i claustrophobic is the perfect way to describe that yeah i mean so all in all rob i honestly i say this all the time but atmosphere and the ambiance is really what sold it for me those night train shots where it's just showing the train and the moon and the the cold weather like that gave me all the feels yeah we we would like to get your opinion about it and just to kind of hype you up from you know to to get ready for the movie that we're going to do. Um, we're also going to do our very best to sort of promote where you can watch it. So you can watch along with us and come back and have this conversation. So we'll we'll do our best to let you know where you can stream it and be prepared for next week's movie. It's available on Tubi. Matter of fact, if you type Terror Train in Tubi, you will see the remake first. They want to bury that original underneath. You'll see, <laughs> you'll see the two remakes and the sequel and then the original. But I personally would suggest it if you have never seen this film. I would say definitely, definitely, if you are a horror fan, give this a watch because i mean the review we just had spoke for itself but i really think there are moments in here that are really something and i enjoyed the non-twist for rob (laughs) 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 of the reveal i'm glad it was effective for you and i gotta say i made sure it was after sleepaway camp so this was not to tie into any like oh we're gonna shock everyone and just everyone's gonna be you know gender swapped yeah yeah i still stand by this movie i again think that it's worth you know the one watch or whatnot i feel that this movie may cater more to um more deeper horror fans for yes. jamie lee curtis or the genre um uh, just an on movie goer it, it's a hit or miss it's not a guarantee but i think heavy horror fans i think would appreciate this a little bit more than others but other than that i think that th- this is a fun movie and again if you need sort of a holiday new year's eve horror film to watch this could be on your list even if you want to call it halloween you could literally pretend in your mind because there's like two lines that say it's new year's and the rest you can just like okay this is halloween on a train <laughs> Matter of fact, the remake actually puts it on Halloween. So Yeah, it is on Halloween. Rob's recommendations. That being said, Rob, do you have any recommendations for our radical ones who may have enjoyed this movie or not? 
<laughs> All right. Yes, I do. Um, these aren't as sort of deep underground um, or underrated films. I mean, these are all very well known, but it's more of a reminder that these films do exist if you liked what you saw in Terror Train. I'll go with the ones that are recommended to get sort of the same vibe. I am recommending April Fool's Day, the original. Yes! Off-screen kills, uh, the, you know, Power of Illusion is also on here, you know, Big Body Count, and also very 80s vibes. I'm going to also recommend Black Christmas as it's one, Ooh. if not the yes. original slasher film, and just sort of getting into its roots of what slasher is, right? And, you know, paired with Halloween and, and such, I think this would be a wonderful marathon to watch back to back. Another one is the original Friday the 13th. As I mentioned before, a lot of the plot points are in this and a big thing about revenge is apparent in Friday the 13th. So I think that also works. If you did not like this film, um, I am recommending uh, The Visit. This is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's a found footage. It's one of his later films that he did after sort of the string of movies. I think anything after the happening, he is back. And The Visit was his first return, if I remember correctly, after the happening. And I would say that the twist in that is very very well done and i didn't see it coming even though i should have and i was very shocked that not only did i not figure it out but i feel that when you watch the movie again everything is right in front of you and again it's all about what you are meant to see and believe and i just think the suspense is there so watch the visit um also uh train to busan this is another horror film that takes place on a train this is more action-packed definitely the deaths are in your face and there's just a lot more suspense and terror with that on the train i think they're remaking that so this is a great time to watch that yeah they i believe they're still thinking about doing an american version i forget mm. where they're going i want to say they're still going to busan but it could be to train new york or some it's probably it probably is rob it's going to be the train to california or something or, great. or vegas to la who knows <laughs> but um the last one that i will recommend is uh let me see a creep if you've ever heard of this, this is another uh, train horror. This is not to be confused with the um, the movie with Mark Duplass, not him. This is a train horror starring um, Franca Patente. 2004. Okay, yes. I yes. See. Yeah, Franca Patente. And she basically is in London. It's a subway station. And she's being pursued by potential attackers as she heads into this unknown labyrinth of tunnels when yes. she ends up um, being one of the last passengers on this train that just did its last stop. And so she has to navigate her way out of the subway station. And it is creepy. It is so good. I only watched it once, but I remember it had a big impact on me when I rented it from the video store. So I would definitely recommend Creep 2004. We're inching closer to Halloween. Like Rob mentioned, we want you to be able to watch along with us. So next week's movie is The Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. 
spoiler i might have said that a few times to david <laughs> no your sister's a werewolf how dare you accuse my sister uh, that is actually also available on tubi to i mean tubi seems to be the place honestly they disappear after a while but they're there for a little and you can catch it we would love for you to follow along with that rob when you're not hanging out over here you mentioned it earlier but where can the lovely people find you um, if you choose to do show, um, I have a uh, movie review uh, Instagram page, Rob the Movie Geek, or you can put in Rob the Unique Geek. You may be able to find me on Instagram. Follow me for nostalgic reviews as I review old and new films that I watch. So far, I'm just doing 2023. And as I said earlier, because of the strike, I haven't really been doing it much. But again, you can look at all of me, all of the archive reviews that I've done so far this year. And yeah. Yeah, maybe some more stuff will come out in the future where you can follow me there. And that will be in the description box below, as well as the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, one word on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple. We're available on all of those beautiful platforms. Thank you again for being here, Radical Ones. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. I'll see you in November. Which, the first week of November, we are doing Mrs. Doubtfire. With Rob, it's actually, it's a 25th anniversary? I, I did have this at some point. I want to say it's its 25th anniversary. It sounds like, I think everything's turning 25 this year. So let's go with that. That is a movie that I honestly am so excited, Rob, because I have not watched it in a good old, good old while. I mean, years, I could probably say. I quote it all the time. So yeah, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you, Rob. Bye-bye. Until next time, Radical Ones. Bye-bye.